Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a licensed play, and I love films. As Mary Oliver once said, Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street films back to back on Halloween? Fair play, not a bad idea. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Himesh Patel, Sharon Stone, and even Red Lambles. But this week, it's the brilliant comedian and sketch it's Lou Taylor. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Lou. You get a secret, you get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it all out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Lou Taylor. Lou Taylor is a very funny comedian. I first saw her excellent online sketches about being a 90s girl and we recorded this before she ran her debut stand-up hour at the Camden Fringe. Check out her stuff online. She's very funny. This was a very nice chat. We recorded it on Zoom a few months back. I really think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. Hope everyone is well. I very much hope you enjoy episode 263 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, an actor, a funny woman awarder, a internet sensation, a stand-up, a 90s girl, <laughs> a hero, a legend, and a human, and a person who exists in the digital and the real space, and walks among us. Please welcome to the show. It's the brilliant. It's Louise Taylor. That was lovely. I was I was worried outside. Hi, welcome to the show. I thought it was going to be like she's on Facebook. She's got an Instagram. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> she's heard of Twitter. She's on Twitter. She's not been verified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, thanks for that introduction. That's amazing. Here she is, Lou. We've never met. 
No. Nope. the first time we've met. Yeah. But um, you're very, very funny. And uh-huh. my favorite thing that you do, you do a thing, I don't know if you do it everywhere, but I've only seen it on Instagram, where it's a, it's like 90s girls. And yep. boy, is it some funny shit. Thank boy, you. is it <laughs> funny and true. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really like profound in a way, because it makes you go, God, we've really come a long way, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> like I it's know. Really something. I think, and like part of it is, I suppose you had to be there. It's like one of them. But I feel like when I put them up, mm. they are for a very specific group of people that grew up in the 90s, sort of in the UK. But I, I yeah. love making them. They do well. Yeah, they're good. But I also do think that they're like, maybe it's that thing that we always talk about on this show of like, they're very specific, very, very specific. So I think they're more universal than you think they are. Oh, really? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, because of that specificity that if it isn't, in the same way, I always say like, Ladybird feels like, my life it's nothing like my life but it's so specific it it's sort of universal the emotions of it the yeah. feelings of it you know what i mean yeah i understand what you mean and you and the boy in the garden smoking a cigarette and doing titanic the titanic <laughs> one it's universal yes that's my favorite that's by far my favorite one that's the one i by far put the most effort into you know i tried that's to get all great. the montage scene right the like the drawing <laughs> of the like that superhero s that every kid used to do in the 90s. Yeah. What was that S? With Superman. Was it Superman? Yeah, it's Superman or it's Super Ted, depending on who was your gateway to flying people or flying And everyone would like, the lads at school would all like carve it into desks with their like compass. You know what I mean? It was everywhere. Yeah, I enjoyed making that one. Yeah. How long have you been doing comedy? What got you into all this? So, I always liked making people laugh. Like I was always into that. And then I yeah. think I moved to London and got a job like in the media, just sort of like as a runner. And I was like, oh. and, and I met a, a group of people that were like making funny comedy videos just like themselves. And I thought, God, I, I can do this. I want to do this. So I sort of made, started making like, this is when like YouTube was, everyone was just on YouTube. It was before like Instagram right. reels and all that stuff. So I'd make funny videos and I was like, maybe I'll just get into comedy writing and acting and maybe that's my thing. But then I got a job working at the Bill Murray, which is a comedy club in Islington. You yeah. probably know it well. And then I worked I there as well. like a stage manager for like about three and a half years. And I was too scared to do stand up, but I really wanted to try it. And everyone yeah. was always sort of trying to convince me to do it. And I was like, no, I think I'd hate it. And then eventually I sort of decided I'd do like a course along with a lot of other people that hadn't done it before, you know, just to try it. And yeah. I absolutely loved it. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is, okay, this is it. This, this is what I should have been doing this whole time. Then it was the pandemic. So I'd only done it like for a couple yeah. of weeks. And I was like, oh shit, I really like doing this. And then I couldn't oh, do it for yeah. ages. But then, so technically, I've only really been doing stand-up now for about two years because I started properly in like 2021 I reckon wow but I love it firstly what were you a runner on oh so I was a runner at like it was like a post-production house we'd all be based in a little kitchen and then all the editors would call up the kitchen and ask for like tea and toast and we would like make them tea and toast and take it to them (laughs) and it was massive there was loads of us it was like going back to uni it was just like one of those jobs (laughs) but it's just everyone's young and it was it was fun but I met a bunch of people that were like all sorts of jobs. And I think that's what opened my eyes a bit to it all. Were you uh, t- treated well as a runner? Most of the time. You got you had some arseholes. You had some yeah. arseholes. Like people sent toast back. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was warm. Just like, it, yeah, if it, was, if it was not spread correctly to their liking. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, you had some 
I don't want to say who. There was a, there was a specific show that was um, they were a little bit annoying. But oh, give us a clue. So funny if you go. It's about football. <laughs> <laughs> X X Men X Machina X. Come on, what's X, the big X? A TV show. Yeah. X X Files. No. X Extra X Factor X Factor. Yeah, some of them were quite intense. <laughs> X Factor naughty. Yeah, like they weren't really bad, but yeah, some of them were a bit diva-ish. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, the show is, you know, in fairness, not that I'm forgiving the behaviour, but the show demands that behaviour. The show is cultivating that behaviour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They had to sort of act a little bit like... So at least they're, they're on brand. You know, I think one of the problems of doing something where the message of the show is sort of kindness and niceness is you have to then have to be double that whereas yeah. if you make something like x Factor, you can just be a c- yeah basically <laughs> they were like having for a second for breakfast they, those guys did what they wanted <laughs> what was my second question oh my second question was your very first stand-up gig tell me that and how scary was it and how amazing was it and what was it i did the course at the bill murray and i sort of felt like once i got on stage i was scared beforehand yeah. But actually, once I got on stage, I was like, I kind of felt quite zen. So like, that's weird. I wasn't oh, expecting yeah. that. And because yeah. I'd worked, I'd watched so much stand-up comedy from working at the club. I think yeah. I must have learned a thing or two just from watching it for years because it sort of felt like I didn't do any of the like probably common mistakes that people like. It felt like it. It didn't feel like it was my first gig. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt yeah, like yeah, yeah. It came quite naturally. But like it was really scary. Really scary. Yeah. Did you from? watching for three and a half years stand up every day every night is there anything like you can in a sort of summary way say like what's it like that did you get sick of people's acts was it interesting watching people develop were there things you hated did you get to like oh, i hate this sort of thing or was there things that you loved like how is it just watching it every night what i hated about it was i stopped laughing so i, I, right, yeah. I, I used to laugh a lot at comedy but then I sort of, I would see the same, a lot of the same stuff over and over again. And it yeah. was, it did get boring. Like that I'd, I'd step out the room like a lot because I was like, I've seen this like every night. But the thing that bothered me the most was like, oh, I don't laugh at comedy anymore. Unless it was really funny. Like yeah. crazy funny. Would you go like, that's funny, that's funny, that's funny. I'd sort of just go, huh. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> huh. Instead of, which is not what you want. Like, that's not what I want as a performer. Yeah, Someone that's a bad audience, yeah. Huh, you know what I mean? So <laughs> now I'm a bit better. I'm a bit better at laughing now. Like right. I see it still because I perform a lot. I other, see other people, but I'm not there like having it drilled into me every night. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do enjoy it. I do like watching it. You're not having it drilled into you? No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm glad that I was forced to, to try it because I, now I love it. Yeah, that's fucking great. And the sketches and stuff, that's a side hustle. Yeah, that's like something I've enjoyed doing for a while. I sort of, I want to make it like, I'd love it. You know, a lot of people do really well from that stuff, but I, I think mm. I'm not consistent enough with it. You know what I mean? Like I'll make a bunch, yeah. I'll, I'll release them. And then it's like a good six months of me going, right, I should probably think about doing some more, which is bad, <laughs> but you know. You're an artist. You're a true artist. Yeah, exactly. You're not driven yeah. by algorithms and deadlines and No, volume. God, no. No, I'm an artist. You're a fucking artist. I'm a fucking artist. Lou. Lou. Oh, no. Oh. Fuck. Oh, look at this. I forgot oh, to tell you something. No. Oh, oh. Nuts. I should have told you this. Oh, I should have told you this earlier. Let me just... 
I wish we could sort of rewind these things so I didn't waste any of your time. Um, oh, God. This is awkward. Right? I barely know you. Uh, you, oh, let's just say it. You've died. You're what? dead. You're dead. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. You're oh, dead. Oh, God. You're dead. Right dead. in the beginning of my career. <laughs> it's just a little bit. Yeah, just we were coming out of the, uh, in a way, it feels like that's two signs. You know, you start stand up and then a pandemic happens and then you go back to stand up and you die. It's almost and then like. <laughs> Dead. God, that's really disappointing, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm not what? thrilled about that. How did you die? Do you know? I'm pretty sure that the same wasp, or there's a wasp family that is right. really out to get me. Mm. And I think if, I've never been stung, but I'm absolutely petrified of wasps. But there's always a wasp at my window, always, even in the winter. Right. There's always a wasp trying to get me, and I'm so fast, I'm so too quick for them. I've never actually right. been stung, but I, I think that I'll be severely allergic. And I think that's why I'm so scared of them, because my instinct is telling right. me to run. So I think it's going to be a wasp sting that, that, that gets me. Have you ever seen Jaws the Revenge, Jaws 4? Oh, if I have, I can't remember it. Well, the, the premise is that the shark in Jaws 4 is after the Brody family because they killed one of their own. And it's it, it, Jaws is out for revenge. Jaws knows who the family are and has followed them. That's it. And is out to get him. That's 100%. So you're it. like wasp, wasp, wasp for the revenge. My question is in the jaw, you know, the Jaws, which, which makes perfect logical sense, you know, the shark's been following them because it killed, you know, a member of the family. Of Absolutely fine. In your case, what, why are these wasp family out to get you for, forever? What did you do to the original wasp? I don't know because I've never killed a wasp, unless I did when I was little. But I don't think I've done anything. I think they can right. sense the fear. And I think they're all horrible. Right. And they're, because I'm so scared, they're like, yeah, okay, we've we got to get this one. Got to get this girl here. Listen, I've got to say, hearing you talk about wasps in this way, like, yeah, you've not injured them, but you've, you've slagged them off quite a lot. Yeah, I don't love them. <laughs> you quite, your assumption is that they're rude and horrible. And they're kind of, well, fuck you then, we'll kill you. <laughs> That's their attitude. <laughs> Do you not think they're rude and horrible? Ah, oh, listen, I'm not getting involved. This is between you <laughs> you and the wasps. I'm just curious as to why this family have been stalking you for years and years. It's either the same family or the same wasp, or it's just that I attract wasps in general. So they sense your weakness that you will die if... Yeah. That you're scared and you'll die, like, and they're like... Like, I will go Aha. to someone's... Like, I went to Edinburgh, to the Fringe, yeah. to be a tech, yeah. and I went up there, and the room that I was staying in had a wasp nest in it. Like, there's always something to do with wasps around me in my life. Right. And Christmas Day, there's been, like, a wasp in my bedroom. Like, Christmas Day. Mm. And Christmas like, that's Day. That's really fucking fucked up. Yeah, that's rude. Like... <laughs> now, do you know what? I am starting to think it is targeted. Do you... <laughs> so it's, like, fun for them. They're like, she's so weak. Yeah, and people around me have noticed it. They're like, yeah, there's... Why is there a wasp here? Like, it's like not the time right. for it. And I'm like, yeah. It's Christmas Day. It's Christmas then. Day. Why is there a wasp here? Yeah. Do you know the age that this wasp finally gets you? 60. 60? Yeah. Okay. Good age to die. Yeah, 60. I'm fine with that. Well, I'm not and actually, you, but 60 is probably it, I reckon. Are you with people, around people on your own when this wasp, like what, what circumstances the wasp finally goes? Now's the time. Having toyed with you for 60 years. I think maybe I'm feeling like really sad and I'm like sat on a chair or, like by mm. myself and I see this wasp and I just think, do you know what? 
this time. And I just really like, I, I like, I shed like a single tear and I just let the wasp yeah. sing me and then I go. Oh, wow. It's kind of beautiful. Like the wasp also like, because is it, do wasps die when they sting you or is that bees? I think that's just bees, unfortunately. Because oh, it would be great if great. we would both die together. It would be, yeah. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But, Maybe in this case, it's a murder-suicide. Maybe the wasp is also out. It's been following you forever and it's like... He can finally rest now that he's done that. Yeah, it's like, sort of like the end of Heat, but they both they both die. Yeah. It's kind of moving. <laughs> Do you uh, worry about death? Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. I am a big death warrior. Yeah? I have, like, quite bad health anxiety. Okay. And I don't really know if that's about death, but I, I certainly worry about my loved ones dying. Mm-hmm. a lot to the point of they're like just fucking give it a rest you know what I mean like I'm quite vocal about it <laughs> right yeah uh if like I try and call my mum and she hasn't answered straight away or something like that I mean I am completely straight to the worst phoning around worrying everyone she's just yeah. at Sainsbury's you know she didn't bring her phone yeah but, and I also like I don't really want to die you know I'm, I'm having a good time sort of for the most part mm. yeah I yeah I think I'm scared of death for sure but I'm not scared of the nothingness. Is that what you think happens? Nothing? Well, yeah, I'm not. So I don't want to think that. I wish that I was a more spiritual person, actually. Like, I think that we can live on in the hearts and minds of others, is what I yeah. think. But I actually never say never. So I, I completely don't want to say there's not anything, but I don't think that there is, probably. So when you live on in the hearts and minds of others, you're not sort of part of that. As in, you con- your consciousness is no part of that like you're gone people are talking about you but you're you've now that I think about it no maybe I I don't know because like I've had a loved one die and I sort of still I sort of talk to them and I like picture them talking back to me so maybe maybe there is a consciousness I don't know because maybe they are yeah maybe you awaken that consciousness every time you talk to it yeah but I certainly don't I don't think there's like a heaven necessarily like the one you picture when you're little I don't think that. How is the one you picture when you're little? What's it look like? Do you remember the Philadelphia adverts? Yeah, where they're like on the a cloud. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. That's sort of, or Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, that sort of white, big, like, yeah. pillars, you know, very white, that mm. sort of thing, I think is probably what I pictured when I was young. Yeah. But I don't think it's that now. What do you think it's now? Honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a film podcast, mm. I would love to just be lying around with my friends and family watching films, sort of eating nice foods. What food? I'd be allowed to have gluten because I-, I can't now. Right, yeah. I found oh, out. Yeah, gluten everywhere. Yeah, I can have gluten in heaven. I can have pasta. Pasta. I'm eating a lot of pasta. Listen up, Lou. Great news. It's real. The place you dreamed of. Heaven. Pasta. Gluten to the max. Doesn't affect you in any way. If anything, it makes you less full. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) Zero zero wind. Nothing. Yes. Uh, You lie on pasta bakes that have cooled and you're with your your loved ones and your friends and family and everyone is so excited to see you. Oh, they're big fans and they want to talk about your life. But the weird thing is they want to talk about your life only through the medium of film. And the first thing they ask you is, what's the first film you remember seeing, Lou Taylor? So, I had an original answer for this, but I decided to use it for another question. So I'm going to say another first film that I remember seeing, which is The the Land Before Time. Excellent. Don't believe. Excellent. That's a crier. That is a crier. It's a crier. 
I've mentioned this before. There's so many Land Before Time sequels. It's a whole franchise. I've only seen the first one. At some point, I'm always like, hasn't it caught up with time? Shouldn't it sort of be the, the land <laughs> now? The land time. now. The land, the land of time. Just the land. It's about time now, this land. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any of the sequels. I've seen the first. I just watched the 45. What? Maybe not 45. There's I a thought lot there was just one really cute. That's, I had no idea. What's the story? It's like the incredible journey, right? Little dinosaurs got yeah, to go to. The, the, the dinosaur loses their mum. Mm. And then they meet up with some other little dinosaurs that don't have any mothers. And they're trying to get to like the valley, this like valley. And no yeah. one really knows where it is or how to get there, but they've just heard of it. And they're just hoping that it exists. And they basically go on an adventure, I think. And then, but then it was the like not having the, the, the losing of the mother bit, I think was quite upsetting for me as a child. But I did watch it. I think I watched it a lot. I was always asking to put it on, I think. Do you have siblings? Yeah. How many? One. One younger sister. Close? Yeah, she's my best friend. Ah. Uh, yeah, she's my bestie. How much younger? She is That's four nice. and a half years younger than me. And where did you grow up? Where was this? Uh, in Leamington Spa. You know how she lived there? Stuart hey. Goldsmith. Yeah. Comedian, comedian podcast. Yeah, I've chatted to him about it. Yeah. Anyway, riddle me this. Yeah. Land Before Time. Did you watch it at cinema or on the, on the, on the videos? No, no, I think because I think it came out only like two years after I was born. I remember it being on TV on around Christmas quite a lot. Yeah. I feel like it was always on at Christmas. Or yeah. we had a we had it taped off the telly on VHS and we would like watch it around Christmas. I think you're right. It was a Christmas movie. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like I, I would get really excited when it was coming on and then I would just spend the whole time crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I yeah, I remember like, taping it and then begging my mum to watch it again and again. Like, hmm. I loved Lovely. it. Yeah. What's the, what's the film that made you cry the most? Do you the, like crying? Yeah, I'm a big crier. So any film with an old man in it makes me really sob. So like I actually, and I know that sounds really, it's like almost quite patronising, no, but I, I just, it. I it. it's like, you know, the, so one of the, this isn't the film I'm going to choose, but you know the scene in Shawshank Redemption where the old boy gets... Yeah. let out of prison and he's trying to make his way in society I actually can't yeah. watch that like yeah, I will be like sobbing into a pillow have to leave the room people are laughing mm. at me because they think it's really funny that I'm crying that much but it's like some, something about old men I don't know what it is mm. but it really like any film even if it's not a sad film it's yeah. kind of makes weird you, you can't watch films with old men in I get it no but the film that's made me cry probably the most um, is Stepmom fuck yeah. Have you seen enough. it? Yeah. Well, that's why it exists, right? That's a film made to. Yeah, I think so. Full of weepy. That is a weeper. Like, yeah, if I need to have a, if I need to cry, like, and I want a really big cry, if I put that on, that would do the job. Like, it's so, it gets, <laughs> it's like, ugh, for me. And my mum reminds me, my mum reminds me of Season Surrounding as well. So I oh, think the shit. connection that it, like, watching it growing up, it kind of felt like she was like my mum. Yeah. Gets mm-hmm. me. Oh boy. What about being scared? Do you like being scared? No. 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 Like um, absolutely hate it. Like with passion, hate it. I even watched like I think there was an advertisement on telly last night. I was just watching telly. And I don't think they should be able to advertise horror films just on like normal right. yeah, scheduled I programming. Can understand that. Because yeah. I saw an advert last night and I got so cross that I actually like Googled whether other people were cross about it as well. 
<laughs> and then I ended up on Reddit and I was reading all these things about people being really upset that they had to see this really jumpy advert right before yeah. bed. Like, yeah. I don't like being scared. But when I was young, there was a girl that lived across the street and her parents didn't supervise us like all that well. And she had all of the Nightmare on Elm Street okay. films. So I watched yeah. them when I was really, really young, like too young. And I, I was scared, but I wasn't as scared as I maybe would be now. Yeah. And like, I, I remember like I went to school and I was telling the kids, the other kids at school that there was a guy with knives for fingers that lived in like the house opposite the school. And I think some of the, I think the teacher had to call my mum to be like, yeah, Louise is saying some pretty weird stuff to the other kids. <laughs> and then when my mum asked me about it, she's like, she, it turned out I'd been watching Nightmare on Elm Street at the girls' house across the street. Fuck it, yeah. Yeah, so I did. I wasn't as terrified of them back then, but now I'm like, oh my god, no! The, the scariest film I ever saw was at the cinema because I got like duped into going to watch a film, mm. and I didn't think we were going to watch a horror film. I thought we were going to watch a different film. And when yeah. I got to the cinema, all the girls were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to watch Sinister," and like it Fuck. was like I could have vomited. I was so scared. I was like. It was vile. So they tricked you into going? Tricked me into going. I think there was one scene that I actually fully screamed, like screamed, and everyone in the cinema turned around and was like sort of laughing at me. <laughs> and I, I like had my jacket over my face for the most of the, like, and I just really didn't enjoy, like I, d I don't enjoy yeah. being that scared. And like, I jump, I don't like to jump. Right. But I'd rather see the gore. <laughs> And like, but the, even the like the suspense, I just can't handle it. It's like I, I just can't do it. Fair enough. I mean, that's the stuff I like. I don't like the gore. I don't I like, like the, the gore either. Oh, and, oh, I'm not a fan of it. I don't love I'd the gore. It. So I remember also another film that really uh, I watched Psycho really young as well. Mm -hmm. And I was in Canada. My my mum's Canadian. I was in Canada, and we have Canadians like. Because I think it's probably, or it was cheaper to buy land over there because it's so much land. Canadians all have like a summer like cabin that they sort of right. go to. And my family have one. And it's out, it's really remote. There's nothing around. And like, you have to get to it on a ferry. Right. And this is pre like when we had phone, we had no phones there, no internet, you know, I'm quite young. And I watched Psycho with my cousin. And like the bit at the end shocked me so much when he turns yeah. his mother around. like It's like I wasn't expecting it because I was so young. And yeah. I like, I just couldn't, I think I might have cried or something. I was so upset. <laughs> and then I had to walk outside. I had to go to my bedroom, which was out, I had to get to it via the outside. Mm. And it was like pitch black. And it's like, no, all you Fuck. can hear is like crickets. And it's like, no, thanks. No. Yeah. I think when me and my ex went to see Sixth Sense, we went to see Sixth Sense in America. Like we went We'd gone like on our first holiday together. We went to America and we saw Sixth Sense. And it was before anyone knew what Sixth Sense We didn't know what it was. It was like it no, just yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah. And the man in the hotel had said, oh, that's a good film. Go see that. And I think we we were so scared we cried. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. I remember like yeah. being like, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, so sort of emotional about it. Anyway, what is the film that you love? People don't like it. Critics hate it, but you love it forever. I figure you've got a good one for this. Yeah, so I didn't... I'm going to say, well, I've got a couple. I've got a, okay. a couple. So I will say that Grease 2 is definitely one of them. Because 100% the, the, great, the one of the greatest <laughs> of all time. One of the best films of all time. The songs yeah. are yeah. 
Magnificent. They're up there with, they're so good. I will listen to Cool Rider just on my way to work. Like, yeah. I, I love that. I, I put the Grease 2 soundtrack next to Beethoven's Fish. Yeah. It's so good. Reproduction. Oh my yeah. God. Get the fuck out of here. It's the greatest. And the song where he's trying to like get her to have sex with him because there's a Let's war. Let's do it for move. our country. Yeah. That one. Profound. Yeah, brilliant. I like, I've shown friends Grease 2 and they've all sort of been like, wow, you really love this. <laughs> Go for a like, season. Oh, I'll be your girl for a season. For a season. Yeah, love I'll it. Be, it's a and Michelle Pfeiffer is just, mwah. Best thing about it, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that one definitely. But also, I love the film uh, Mona Lisa Smile. With Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Uh, art. It's a, like art fraud or... Oh, no, she's no. a teacher. It's an it's a <laughs> inspirational teacher film. Yes. And it's set in the, yeah. I think it's set in the like early 1950s Connecticut or some, somewhere like that. It's like a, it's like set at like a posh girls school mm-hmm. and all of the girls are, are basically being, it's like they go to this school, it's like a finishing school and they're, but it's it, under the guise that it, they're getting this like hoity-toity education when actually they're just teaching them like, yeah, after this, you'll probably just go and be a wife, wife and a mother anyway. And, you know, I think it's a really beautiful setting. I, I love those sort of period films anyway. The cast is great. I think it's a really good film, but it's really, like, the critics did not love it. Yeah. Yeah, why is that? I think uh, my assumption, and I love an inspirational teacher film, I just assumed it was sort of an average inspirational teacher film. Yeah, I mean... And maybe that's it. I don't know, because I've just always loved it, so I can't really fault yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe it's... Maybe the reason it's not loved is, like, maybe it's not feminist enough or something. Maybe it was just because it was Julia Roberts and she was uh, very successful and people are horrible for no reason. Maybe it is a bloody masterpiece. And Kirsten Dunst is playing like an unlikable person, which I think she plays a likable person in a lot of films. Yeah. And yeah, I just think I love it. And I love the costume and I love the where it's set. And those sorts of films I can just like, you know, Sunday afternoon, they just, they actually relax me, those sorts of films. Just like, yeah, it's a nice story. Who directed it? Oh, Mike Newell. It's Mike Newell. He is a very good director. Yeah, I love very, that Very, very good director. He did Four Weddings and a Funeral. <gasps> That's another one of my favourite films. Yeah. He did uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, I believe. That's weird because I also... Yeah, so now you're naming films that I love. That... He's your favourite director, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that he directed <laughs> those ones too. Yeah, he's on, he's on my list of like people that are sort of underrated when you go, God, he's done... A real mix. He did fucking Donny Brasco. Oh, wow. He did Pushing Tin. He did Into the West. Bloody hell, I love Into the West. I mean, he's good. He's good. Fair play to him. Yeah. He did uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Obviously your favourite. And the Guernsey <laughs> Literary and Potato Peel <gasps> Pie Society. I love that one as well. He's your favourite director. Because that's another one That's another one where it's like a periody sort of... Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like this guy. He's your guy. He's my guy. He's your, he's your favourite filmmaker. Uh, what is a film, on the other hand, that you used to love, but you've watched it recently and you've got, ah, boy, I don't like this anymore? I have, like, two, actually. And they're kind of silly films. But, okay. so, the Scary Movie franchise, I don't love it anymore, but I used okay. to really love it. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world when I was young. Yeah, me too. I haven't checked back. It Check still back. remains in my head. <laughs> I've been loving it. Oh, I know, it's so sad, because, like, but now I watch it and I'm like, oh, it's just, it doesn't, it just doesn't really make me laugh anymore. And I'm just like, 
I genuinely used to think Anna Faris should have won an Oscar for Scary She was great. She's yeah, yeah. so funny. She's really funny. She and is. it's such a committed performance. Like, she's really committed. It's, yeah. It's very good what she's doing. It's a shame, actually. I just watched it and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not that asked about it anymore. Right. But and also, I don't know if it's, it just hasn't, probably hasn't aged that well. Yeah. Comedy rarely does. No, yeah. So, scary movie. But I didn't see the, I saw one and two and I thought both of them were really good when I was young. Yeah. The second one especially, actually, I thought was really good. Yeah, it's great. With the caretaker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I sort of tried to watch them recently and then like got a bit bored, actually. Okay. So, I'm sorry. And also Miss Congeniality. <gasps> really? Yeah. Right. It was. It, it's too misogynist for me to, oh. to like even get on board with now. Oh, just like that she's like, just the way that they are with her is like, oh, like I just can't, can't handle it. It's just, oh, I watched what? it recently and I was like, it's like, it's watchable still, but it's like, I was, every five minutes, me and my friend were looking at each other, rolling around, going, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you notice it. When you rewatch it now, yeah. you notice it. Who, how, how, who are with her? The pageant people? Just everyone. Like, like right. she's just like, pulling her ugly and right. telling her she's overweight all the time. She's Sandra Bullock. She's hot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, those things are always odd. When the ugly girl in a Hollywood film is like a 10. Yeah, yeah. An absolute 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Makes you feel really bad about yourself. Oh yeah, God, you disgusting pig! <laughs> yeah. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but the experience you had around seeing it always makes it special to you. Okay, so my answer is Top Gun. Right. For this one, because so growing up, I told you about the little we we had this little cabin. In Canada and I've got very close family and really close with my Canadian relatives and I'd spend all my summers there as a kid like my mum would drop me off she'd come over for two weeks and then she'd leave me there for the rest of the summer with my cousins and you know we would all bond and my nan would sort of look after us and my nan had two VHSs on the island and one of them was Top Gun so we would all watch Top Gun together as a family hmm. and now it's become like I still love that like I love the movie anyway but now it's like, it's my movie that's me and my cousins and my sister. We're like, we watch it. We're like high-fiving each other. <laughs> you know, as soon as the soundtrack comes on, we're like, yes. We all gave each other call signs. You know, it's like... Um, What's your call sign? Sun's out. Sun's out. Yeah. <laughs> What's your sister's? Mad dog. Sun's out, mad dog. <laughs> What's your cousin? We did this a while ago. I think hers is like, pretty grim actually it was like a bit of a disgusting one I can't remember I, mean, I can't remember but like we like love it it's so special to her did you all go and see Top Gun Maverick together no I went to see it without them okay. and I was really scared yeah. that like we all went to see it as soon as it came out but I was really scared I was gonna hate it because I was like oh mm. I don't know about this you know it's been quite a while it's such a like it's like quite a cult classic as well yeah. it's very like and honestly I was like this is fucking brilliant like, I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life it's so good so, I've watched it like five times since it's come out already oh, great. I, like, I think it's honestly so good it's almost I'd go as well say better than the first one it, it, I think it is like the story is better yeah and it's just they got enough of the like nostalgia into the movie without it being too like naff yeah like they it's got enough of it. Genuinely here. exciting and very it's fucking, exciting and it's fucking good like storytelling. It's just great. 
Yeah, it really is. And like my friends and I had, we watched Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick back to back one Sunday and they were sort of hanging out at mine. And it was just so much fun just watching them together. Like I was like, I love this. I could watch it again now. I might even watch it later. <laughs> okay. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's genuinely profound, if I may, yeah. to have a big, huge fucking blockbuster, huge hundreds hundreds of million dollar film that plays at the IMAX that is about, you know, all the things it's about, but also acknowledges aging and time moving on and 100%. has a scene where black on the screen at the IMAX in black and white, it says it's time to let go. I was like, yeah. boy, yeah, this is fucking deep. Uh, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, they put that love story in for Tom Cruise, but I'm glad that it was like with someone older. Like yeah, they didn't yeah. go for some like young woman. Like I just, yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. What is the film you most relate to, Lou Taylor? So... I was going to say this one for my first film I remember seeing, because it's the first film I remember seeing at the cinema. But I'm going to say My Girl, because... (sighs) Because how does he die? Oh. You are Macaulay Culkin. No, I'm the girl. No. How does Macaulay... The girl doesn't die from bees, does she? That's bees. (laughs) No, but I'm a little hypochondriac, sort of obsessed with death and illness. Yeah. And... I'm I'm her. That's uh, she's the most I've related to any character. I think. And you've inherited her friend's fear of, of yeah. wasps. Well, of course yeah. you've got a fear of wasps. Your best friend was killed by wasps. Then, yeah. if you're my girl, yeah, it makes sense. Maybe that is something to do with it. I did listen to your episode with Jamila Jamal, and I was like, maybe that fear of wasps actually came from watching that film really early, yeah. and that's the first time I'd 
somebody had said that and I'd gone, oh my God, that's very interesting. But I, that's, mine's very wasp specific. I'm not really scared of bees. Right. So I don't know if it is. Why are you cool with bees? I can't really. I don't know, they're fine. Yeah? They're like furry and they like, they sort of fly up to you, but they don't like just sort of hang around. They just like fly off and wasps are really like, they're there to attack you. Right. And they like don't leave your drink alone and it's like, yeah, oh, like they it's horrible. just really stressful. They look stressful. What? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. They are really fucking stressy wasps. But the film, like, just her thinking that she had like a chicken bone lodged in her throat for like a few years, that's that's totally my vibe. I think I would totally as well, if my I could teach her that I fancied at school was t- teaching a summer mm. writing class, I'd, I'd have gone to it. You know what I mean? Right. So fancy the guy. Yeah. Just all of that stuff. <laughs> you know, she's I'm that girl for sure. Hmm. I am what she grew up to be now. What about my girl too? I thought it was good. You know, I'd watch it again. I didn't I didn't like wasn't obsessed with it. Okay. But I liked okay. it. All right. <laughs> what's uh what's the sexiest film ever made, Lou Taylor? Okay. So this is weird. So the part B of this question is actually my answer. So I'll save it for the part B, which okay. is a bit creepy. But I think Secretary is a very sexy film. Yeah. Not necessarily like the subject matter, but just the way it's done. I, th- I thought it was really, really, really intense and really good. If you don't mind, I'm going to ask you about this because this film, I'd say, comes up arguably the most. It's come up a lot with women, this film. Oh, right. Okay. And I mean this in a good way. Like, as in, it obviously got something very, very right that women fucking love secretary. And I always ask, and I would love to hear your take on it. Why secretary? What's it done that's so long-lasting for most women who've ever seen it think it is the sexiest film? It's unusual to have one answer, and it's often that. Yeah. And there hasn't been anything since it that obviously got it right. I think women, like, they don't need the, the visuals so much as they need the tension. And I think women find like a relationship and tension building and that sort of thing more sexy than like seeing someone naked. Do you know what I mean? I think I think the way that Maggie Gyllenhaal is really, you can see she really wants it. Mm. It's almost like you can relate to that. And I don't know, it's weird. I've never actually really thought about it. But there's, it's more the relationship and the, it's her point of view mm-hmm. as well as it's his, but. I think you can put yourself in her shoes quite easily. I think the way they, they've built the tension really well, and I think that's what women like. But you don't like suspense in horror. <laughs> you only like it yeah. in relationships. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really... I think the build-up of that is really sexy. Yeah. In the same way that I think Brokeback Mountain is one of my sexiest films. Yeah, that makes sense. It's. I think it's just the rel- yeah, way that they've... That's an hour-long build-up. Build yeah, yeah, that's sexy. I think... I think it's the same reason that like women love dirty dancing as well. I think it's because it's it's the relationship that's sexy and it's the tension and that's I think that's what's sexier in real relationships is when you know the build up to the sex is is almost more sexier. Mm. You know? I do. Good answer. Okay, well then there's the subcategory, troubling boners worrying why dons. A film you found arousing you weren't sure that you should, Lee Taylor. What was that? So I do think the, the sexiest film I've seen is Call Me By Your Name. And I know you, okay. people people talk about it, but I find that worries me. <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, I mean, he was 21. <laughs> he was 21. 
But he is playing like a 17-year-old. And, you know, I don't bowl about sort of fancying 17-year-old boys, really. So that worried me that I was like, oh, what? But it, again, I think for me, it wasn't about their age. It was about their relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it worries me that that's my sexiest film because there is, like, that age gap is a bit, it's a bit gross. I always find that film slightly odd how kind of acclaimed it is and was. And I think it's very well made, very well acted and stuff. But I was, when I saw it, I was like, this guy's a kid and the the other guy works for his dad and everyone seems okay with this. There's something odd yeah. about it. That, it, that Maybe I'm being a sort of prude or, but I was sort of like, this feels like, it, I was surprised how little it was discussed in how much everyone loved the film. That I didn't see a lot of like, but it's fucked up this relationship, like, or it is at least has some questions. Yeah, no over one talks it. about. No, everyone's just like, yeah, it's fucking sexy. Like, no, yeah, no one does. No one says, is it weird? The mum and dad were just like, go on, go and have sex with us, son. That's why I chose it for this category because mm. it did having to having to choose this category did make me realise like, oh yeah, why do I find that the sexiest film? Because it is it is a bit problematic. Yeah. But I do think, because I've, as I've said, I like the relationship and the tension build-up. I think that that, nails, that film nails it. Because you're yeah. seeing this, like, pining. Yeah. I love, the, I love the end. I love the fireplace. The end's really good. It's very, like, relatable. As in that feeling when you're a teenager and you're madly in love. You're, and you're oh, my God. Yeah. I've had it many times. Yeah. <laughs> I know it well. Yeah. Yeah. When you've, you know, when you've, when you've slept with someone that works for your parents and... You're a child and you're... I was always doing that. (laughs) You're looking into the fire. (laughs) Tell me this. Mm. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? I am going to choose my favourite film of all time for this answer because I actually think that if you saw it on a list of the best films of all time, I don't think you could really argue with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say Forrest Gump, which is my favourite film of all time. Okay. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It was also the second VHS that was at my family cabin. Top, growing top up. Gun and Forrest Gump. Oh, nice. And I think, I think, yeah, it might not be like it's on the list. You've got it. Like I think, I think Forrest Gump's on the list of the best films of all time. Yeah. I think it's really, really, really well made. Yes, agreed. I think the fact that what they did, you know, with putting him on all those different time periods and all the you know, being able to talk to President Kennedy. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. I think the love story is beautiful, like the friendship. You know what I mean? I think it's got everything. I think it has every box ticked. Yeah. Do you agree? I haven't watched it in years and years. I loved it. I really used to really love it. I, I suspect that there are uh, sort of some some questions that I might have now, but, <laughs> yeah. I, but I really loved it. And I don't want to say any bad of it because I, I definitely... It certainly did mean a lot to me back in the day. And I haven't yeah. looked at it in over 10 years. So There I'm is a part of me that thinks that it's like, because it was my favourite film of all time growing up, I've sort of not allowed myself to, yeah. to find another one. I'm like, no, it has to be that. Forrest Gump. It is Forrest Gump. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do know but exactly what you mean. But the soundtrack, everything about it. Oh, the soundtrack's fucking... Listen, I still listen to the fucking soundtrack. Yeah, same. It's brilliant. Yeah. And like, this is weird as well, but I think I wanted to be, as a kid, I wanted to like be like Jenny, even though she's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got a lot of issues that way. When I watch it now, I'm like, oh my God. So I really wanted to be this like cool sort of 60s, 70s chick. Yeah. You no, know, and I 
I think maybe that had an element, but I, I do think it's a really brilliant love. I think it's funny. I think it's sad. I think it's got everything in it that you need from a film. Yeah. But I also will say that there are others where I've gone, oh yeah, that's ri-. like when I watched, I've only seen it once, but when I watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. I remember going, oh, that's like one of the best films yeah. I've seen. Like that's really good. But I've only seen it once, so I felt like I couldn't, like, pick it. But but there are, and of course, Shawshank Redemption, all those ones are, yeah. like, up there. But I think, I'm going to choose Forrest Gump. I think it's the best film. I'm proud of you. So, what is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? Most films. Like, I, that's my favourite thing to do, is just to watch. Like, I, me and my sister, especially, mm. we, we watch the same shit over and over again. Do you want to make films? Yeah, I'd love to at some point. Okay. But I like, I find it really comforting. There's something mm. that comforts me about seeing something so familiar to me. So I do watch a lot of the same films. Like, especially on a Sunday, I'm just, I'm just re-watching. You know what right. I mean? But like, there's so many answers that I could choose because there are so many of them. But I actually think, now, I don't think that people think this is a good film. Okay. I could have said it for that other answer. But I, I watch The Day After Tomorrow a lot. <laughs> but I, I love it. It's a great answer. Great answer. It's, I love a big weather film. I like big That's weather. That's a big weather film. Yeah. Yeah, it's got everything. It's you know got all the weather. You know what's my favourite big weather film is The Perfect Storm. <gasps> I love The Perfect That's Storm. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's great. Very upsetting. Very moving. Very moving. I love that. I love all the actors in it. I love the characters. I love the sea. Big fan of the sea. I love sea. the sea. Yeah, I love the sea. Huge fan of the sea. Don't mind the storm, you know. No, love a, love a tidal wave, me. Love ah. me a tidal wave. And, and in all seriousness, with the perfect storm, I was like, when I was young, that taught me about the fishing industry. It genuinely did. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, it yeah. taught me about the sort of how it works a bit. I only saw that for the first time in lockdown, the perfect ah. storm. Which surprises me, considering how much I love weather films. Yeah. I watched Twister a lot growing up. Yeah. I was, you know, I was always watching Twister. And then I saw The Perfect Storm and I was like, this is really good. It's like, really this good. is good. I was yeah. really upset yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad. It is sad. I don't, want, so I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to spoil it for you. It's very sad. Yeah. It's good though. But, George Clooney's great. John Hawkes, who I love. Amazing. I mean, the day after tomorrow, just the storyline is is quite bad. Like, I, I'm going to say that yeah, now. Yes. Like the fact that he like walks across the whole of like the east coast or whatever it is, mm. uh, in in sort of the midst of like a the biggest storm that's ever that's known to man. Like, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Also, there's one bit where like what, there's so loads of wolves. They're not needed. <laughs> there's a lot going on. There's you don't need the wolves. But I really like the ending. I'm like, well. But I love watching the beginning because I like watching the tornadoes yeah, the take out Los Angeles and I like yeah. the big tidal wave that comes over New York City. Yeah, Again, yeah. something relaxed. I find it quite, you know, especially if it's mm. raining outside. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Get a weather disaster film on when it's raining. Get all cosy. Watch entire cities taken out. Yeah. What's the worst film you've ever seen? I found this quite hard, actually, this answer. Because, like, yeah. I don't feel like I've seen... Like, I've seen bad films, but I don't tend to remember them because they're quite... Because, obviously, they just don't stay with me because they're bad. But I, I'm going to say Speed 2. Yes, Speed 2, Cruise Control. I tried to watch that recently. I couldn't... Like, I can watch an, uh, a film, an escapist film, about, like, a world that doesn't exist. 
I can I can get on board with Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I can do that. But the fact that that had happened, Sandra Bullock for a second time, I could, I actually couldn't get on board with that. I that's, couldn't get my head around it. That's I'm not like, the that, issue. <laughs> it's a bad film as well. No, like, the issue is it's set on a cruise ship. There's nothing. Yeah, but she's on it. I know, but like the issue with Speed Two is it's on a cruise ship that has to go fast. It's like. It's in the middle of the... There's nothing There's nothing in the way. Like, there's no jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, that. It's a big old lumbering ship. There's only one bit of jeopardy when it's getting towards land. Well, the rest I of the time, off. you're like, who cares? I turned it off. So I don't. I actually didn't watch the end. I have no idea what happened. I got to a point where I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, I really right. can't do it. I thought it was really bad. And I was upset that her and Keanu Reeves weren't together anymore. Yeah. Um... And again, it was like, imagine you've got on this bus and you've had to drive at a certain mm. miles per hour and you've, like, that's happened to you. And then you've ended up on a ship where, like, there's another bomb. Like, I think that's the most unrealistic thing I've ever, like, imagine if that was you. Yeah, you'd, you'd feel be like, mad. what the fuck? Yeah. What? You'd be like, you'd feel what? Like, what? what? Yeah. yeah, I really like that. That is just, that's Forrest nice. Gump's more believable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the stuff for it's going to happen. Yes. You're right. He was there it's for all of that stuff. Yeah. What is the film? You're in comedy. You're very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? I found this one hard as well because I don't think I watch that many funny films or like laugh a lot. And you just go, huh? Huh. It's really rude and obnoxious. Huh. <laughs> 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 um, the Wedding Singer, I'm going to say. I think The Great Wedding film. Singer is such, like I, Adam Sandler films are fine but I actually think this is his best one. I'm like, this is, that, that is the best Adam Sandler film, in my opinion. I think it's absolutely hilarious and on point. And it's so silly. Everything yeah. about it is so silly. And I love you that. Can, you can have that. You can have that. It's wonderful. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Lou Taylor, what a fucking joy you've been. What a delight. Oh, thank you. However, when you were 60, this wasp, family that have been following you since you were very small and there was the main was the main was who's sort of it was his life's work because he was like look how fucking scared she is of us it's rude we'll give her a reason to be scared of us and they followed you around and they pop up every christmas specifically christmas day merry christmas still here merry christmas and then one day you were sat in a chair in your room and there was the wasp and the wasp was tired he was tired and he thought you've been a worthy adversary and he looked at you and you looked at him and you said, okay, I've had a good run. And the wasp came towards you, stabbed you in the head and died. And both of you died together. In the head. Can you imagine? Stabbed in the head. Oh, my wasp. God. But you no. nodded at each other stoically like, fair play. Let's do this. Dead in the head. Dead in the head. I'm walking past with a coffee and you know what I'm like. Okay, is Lou, Lou around? And they say, yeah, she's upstairs just chatting with her wasp mate. I go upstairs. You're dead on the floor. Stinger in the oh end. Wasp, wasp lying on your face like that. I go, oh, bloody hell. I knew this would happen eventually after all the shit talking she was doing about them wasps. Fucking hell. Anyway, I get your sister. I say, can you help me with this? We start chopping you up to get you in the coffin. Chopping you up. Your sister's very happy to help. She's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Chop, 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 chop. And I go, you seem very comfortable with this. She goes, yeah, well, you know, I'm surprised it's lasted this long with that, that wasp following us around all this time. Anyway, we stuff you in the coffin. There's loads more of you than I was expecting. Because I've not met you in real life. I didn't get it's the dimensions horrible. right. <laughs> Put you in the coffin. It's fucking round in there. Your sister's like, ugh, ugh, she's pushing your elbow in to try and get all your fucking bits in. Anyway, it's round. I'm sorry. Your sister does a body slap, trying to get the coffin closed. I go, hold on a second. Fucking okay, no. hell. There's only enough room in this coffin. She's going, no, give me one more go. She's jumping. She's now stamping on your body. I go, listen, leave her. It's fine. I'll take you from here. Thank you. And I go, there's only enough room to slide one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, movie night, every night, what film are you taking to your show your friends and family in gluten pasta heaven when it's your movie night, Lou Taylor? Forrest Gump. It's, for, it's Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I was going to say, as a joke, the day after tomorrow. <laughs> I was too scared. <laughs> it's Forrest Gump, but why not? It's Forrest Gump. Lou Taylor, what a lovely time. Is there anything you'd like to tell people to look out for or to listen to or to watch of you coming up? So, yeah, just follow me on social media at Lou Taylor Trash. I'm also doing a work in progress hour at the Camden Fringe this summer. It's called Jeans and a Nice Top. Great. It's a work in progress. And then because I'm going to do Edinburgh next year. So I'm just going to do Camden Fringe this year. So if people want to come to that, it's at um, the Museum of Comedy on the 11th of August. And the Bill Murray on the 26th of August. Fantastic. Oh, this is so fun. Thanks for having me. Lou Taylor, thank you for doing it. So lovely. All right. Have a wonderful death and good day to you. Thanks, Brett.
So that was episode 263. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra secrets, chat and videos with Lou. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, but don't write about the show. I don't care what you think of the show. I care what, what film means the most to you and why. My neighbour Maureen likes reading that always makes her cry and it's very much appreciated. Thank you so much to Lou for being so great and giving me her time. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another amazing guest. But that is it for now. I hope you're all well. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi. This is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.